I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie, and I am your host, and I'm recording this on a Monday. I'm recording it kind of late in the afternoon on a Monday because I had a crazy week last week. I was up most every night, didn't get a lot of sleep, so that didn't go so well for the show. And on Friday night, I stayed up and I wrote all the show notes. But on Saturday, we had some family stuff planned, and I wasn't able to finish recording it before we did. Or actually, I wasn't even able to start recording it before we had to do the family stuff or got to do the family stuff. Uh, I apologize. Sometimes it's really hard to get the show out on time. So again, I'm sorry about that. Let's get to the thing that I like this week. James, a Patreon supporter from Canada, and actually he's the original Patreon supporter um, from any country. He has a podcast out on his Kona EV. So I would like to share that. James didn't ask me to, but I listened to the first three episodes. And they were really good, so I think you should check them out if you're interested in such things. Episode 1, James explains the show. Episode 2, he gives us a walkthrough of his car and charging and dealing with the dealership. In episode 3, he talks about the quirks when it comes to the Kona and driving on the highway. If you get a chance, go check out his podcast. It's called True North EVs. It's on Spotify. I don't think it's propagated everywhere yet, but if you do a Google search, you can find it as well. If you want to take a look at Tesla's Crash Lab, I put a free video up on the Patreon feed, and it's just called Crash Lab, and you can view that for free. If you want to support the show, go to patreon.com forward slash kilowatt or supportkilowatt.com. Either one of those URLs will get you to where you need to be. To make it simple, we have two tiers. That's it. The $1 tier, you get a thank you note from me, a sticker, and a little something extra. I'm not going to say exactly what it is, but it is a little extra gift and uh, James from the U.S., he got his. And at the $5 level, you get all of the stuff at the $1 level, plus access to the Kilowatt Slack. And most importantly, I don't want to forget to thank everybody who contributes to the show. I really appreciate it. Thanks, everybody who emails. I enjoy hearing from you guys. If you want to email me, it's Bodie, B-O-D-I-E, at 918digital. And of course, I want to thank all of the Patreon patrons for supporting the show on Patreon. All right. The patrons this week will be getting a little exclusive. We're going to talk about Elon's water filter donation to Flint, Michigan, and Hyundai's autonomy and emerging technologies investment. 
All right, we have a lot of news to get to, so we're going to shotgun some stories here. First up, Dyson has decided to end its EV pursuits. The reason for scuttling the program is Dyson doesn't feel their efforts are commercially viable. This doesn't mean the project failed. It just means that it's you know really expensive to build a new car company, and it's not a risk that Dyson is willing to take because ultimately the viability, the commercial viability, if they continued down this road, it would pay off if they built a compelling vehicle, which I think Dyson is, you know, more than uh, qualified to do. They have so much engineering talent there. They could easily do it if they really wanted to. The good news is all of the research and experience gained developing this vehicle is not going to waste. It'll be used somewhere else, whether that's within Dyson or somebody will take a little nugget that came from this project and, you know, develop it somewhere else. And then I'm sure there'll be lawsuits and, and the whole nine yards. But uh, we will benefit eventually indirectly, I'm sure. Winnebago is investing in electric powertrains. A few years ago, Winnebago showed off an EV RV that had a maximum range of 125 miles. Now, this is that is not a good range, by the way. My father-in-law recently got rid of his gigantic RV. It was like 38 feet or something like that because the cost of operating was too expensive. The fuel was killing him. He bought a much smaller RV. It's basically a van, and it costs nearly as much as his big RV, but he can go in more places because it's smaller. It's hard to get the RV into certain places like national parks and things like that, and it's much uh, cheaper for him to operate. Um, you know what? By the time my wife and I retire, I'm, I'd like to see, or I'd like to have the option to buy an EVRV. I'm going to coin that term right now, EVRV. Anyway, I probably won't buy one because my wife doesn't like to drive and I don't have a huge desire to be in a big, huge RV in traffic. And moving on, Porsche has announced the specs and price for the Taycan 4S. It's going to be a dual-motor, all-wheel-drive vehicle, 0 to 60 in 3.8 seconds. Top speed is 155 miles per hour, 22.5 minutes to go from 5% to 80% charge. Let's see, there's two packages. There's the regular, which comes with a 79-kilowatt-hour battery, 429 horsepower, 522 horsepower with launch control, 472 pounds-feet torque, and starts at $105,000, which is still very expensive for the less expensive version of this car. Very expensive. The performance model of the 4S will have a 92 kilowatt hour battery, 482 horsepower or 563 with launch control, 479 pound feet torque, and will come in at a price of $11,730. Again, Really expensive. Deliveries are anticipated to begin in the spring of 2020. Honestly, I think this car would be compelling in the $80,000 range. At $100,000, I don't think it's a compelling offering by Porsche. Having said that, I'm sure there are plenty of people out there that are going to run to their Porsche dealership to purchase this vehicle. All right, moving on. Let's see. We're going to talk about some Model 3 news. The Model 3 has won an award for its headlights. The Insurance Institute of Highway Safety, the IIHS here in the U.S., has awarded the Model 3 their highest rating for headlights. The Model 3 received a good rating, and that doesn't sound all that impressive. Excellent would sound better, but I guess good is as high as the IIHS gets. So congratulations to Tesla. Tesla's received final approval to start building cars at Gigafactory 3. 
Tesla plans on producing a thousand Model 3s a week by the end of the year. This is going to be interesting to follow when you consider all of the hubbub that's going on between the United States and China. That's kind of all I'll say on that. But interesting to watch, and I'll make sure to report on it here. Worldwide demand for the Model 3 is pushing delivery times in the United States. I've said this so many times, Tesla can only build so many Model 3s at Fremont. As demand builds and as they expand into newer markets, it's only going to take longer for people to get their Model 3s. It's just kind of how it works. Until Tesla figures out a way to build Model 3s faster on their current lines or adds more lines to their production facility, again, this is just the way it's going to be. They can't build more cars than they have you know, capacity to build the cars. It just doesn't work. One thing that is going to help is if they're not having to ship cars to China because Gigafactory 3 is open, that's great. But I would imagine this is going to continue being a problem until Gigafactory 4 is built in Europe. You can now reserve a Model S, X, or Model 3 for $100 instead of $2,500. There is a catch, though. The $100 is non-refundable. So before, if you put $2,500 down on a vehicle, you could eventually ask for your money back. Now, if you put $100 down, you are stuck. You're giving up that $100 if you decide you don't want a car. I did check for the Model Y, because if it was a $100 deposit, I'd put a deposit down on a Model Y. But it's $2,500 for the Model Y still, and the Roadster is $5,000 unless you want the Founders Edition. And then it's you have like $5,000 to put down, and then you have like 30 days to pay for the rest of the car at $200 and some thousand dollars. I didn't do either of those, just so you know. And our final Model 3 story here is the Model 3 standard range now comes with 10 extra miles of range. And I'm sure on a totally unrelated note, Tesla is increasing the Model 3 standard price plus price by $500. And the performance Model 3 price was increased by $1,000. Okay, let's talk about some more general Tesla-related news. Tesla has filed a patent that would make battery systems more compact and easier to produce, and I would, you know, imagine cheaper to produce. They also patented a hood hinge that is designed to keep pedestrians safe in the event that they get hit by Tesla. I'm not going to go into the tech because I don't have a lot of time, and this is a patent, so it's a crapshoot whether or not the patent is going to be used by the company or they're just going to hold on to it for funsies. But at the crux of this, the current system used to protect pedestrians when being hit by a car, they use sensors and a pyrotechnic to lift the hood into a protective position. This is pretty much a one-time use, and it's expensive and, I guess, complicated to replace. The new system allows the Tesla hinge to uncouple from the pivot pin in the event that you're driving your Tesla and you smash into somebody. With this new method, it's cheaper and easier to repair the, the hood. Tesla has patented a neural net for automatic windshield wipers. It's called Deep Rain. Basically, the car will know when to turn on the wipers and how fast to run them to keep your windshield clear of rain or snow. Tesla currently doesn't use rain sensors, so the car relies on cameras to feed the data back into the neural net. Deep Rain isn't out yet, but will be available in future a future update. Good God, a future update. Hardware 3 is not required, and it sounds like a ton of work on Tesla's part, to be honest, to get this to a point where it's actually operating on its own and it's doing a good job of knowing how fast to run the windshield wipers and things like that to keep your vision clear. Tesla will be increasing the price of full self-driving to $7,000 on November 1st. 
That's a $1,000 increase. Elon has said in the past that full self-driving will get more expensive as the technology becomes more full-featured. I think this price increase is a mistake. Full self-driving was promised with hardware 2 three years ago. It did not deliver. Tesla charged a whole bunch of people a whole bunch of money and didn't deliver. And some of those people have already traded their cars in for a newer car. Now with hardware 3, and I understand they're going to retrofit a bunch of cars, hardware 3, it seems like it's going to work better than hardware 2, but we really don't know how well hardware 3 is going to work as compared to hardware 2. It still might not get us to full self-driving. But Tesla was fine selling this feature at full price to these people, even though some of these people never actually got to use the feature, the full self-driving feature, the way it was intended, the way it was promised to them. So I think for Tesla to increase the price, I, I did, it just doesn't sit well with me. Basically, you hosed a bunch of early adopters that believed in you. Honestly, I just think it's bad form. It sets my blood aboil if you can't tell. If Elon is genuine when he says that he wants to make auto transportation, automotive transportation safer, then he should make full self-driving more affordable, not more expensive. Now, I understand the Tesla comes with a lot of safety features and they come standard that a lot of car companies don't even provide even at their most advanced packages, advanced packages. And I think that's great for Tesla to do. However, continuing to increase the price of full self-driving is counter to that message. All right, I'm going to end my rant there because I don't think continuing to talk about it is going to be uh, entertaining or beneficial. Model Y will start in limited production, according to a rumor. Q1 of 2020, this would be awesome if it was true. It's likely that they would start producing mules for testing and then also you know, testing the car and the production line, making sure they don't make the same mistakes they did with the Model 3 because the Model 3 skipped a lot of testing, and we all know how that went. Didn't go well, by the way, if you weren't listening during that time. We are seeing more and more Model Ys out in the wild, which is exciting, so exciting. Every time I see a picture, oh, I zoom in on the door handles and the wheels and all right, I'm going to stop right there. Otherwise, it's just going to get weirder. And um, I can go pretty weird, so I don't want to do that. Anyway, Tesla is converting their retail spaces into Tesla centers. So they're going to go from sales floors to Tesla centers. Well, what does this mean? Uh, really, this means they're trying to get around the issues with dealership restrictions and uh they're also apparently trying to find a way to increase deliveries. A Tesla center will be at larger locations. They'll be open seven days a week. They'll include sales for vehicles and energy. This is how Tesla thinks they're going to get around the dealership restrictions because of the energy component. And then also they'll do service there. That's not the only change, though. Tesla's ending commissions for retail employees. Retail employees will have their salaries and stock bonuses increased to offset the ending commissions. It's going to take some time to, for this all to sort out. It's a good deal for the employees, or at least I think it is. I think it's way better than what Tesla announced earlier this year, which was moving all sales to online, reducing retail employees, and closing stores. I don't think that was a good plan at all. Like I said, on the surface, this sounds like a good plan, but it's going to take some time for it to kind of all sort out, see if it's really better for the employees or not. One thing you can count on for sure, it's going to be better for Tesla because why would they roll it out if it wasn't better for the company some way, somehow? Our next story comes from Vice, Matthew Galt. 
Some older Teslas are bricking because the embedded flash memory is failing. If you don't know what bricking is, it's basically when your electronic device refuses to work because something failed on the inside and now you're stuck and it just basically turns into a brick. This information comes from three independent professionals who have studied the issue. The problem that they're seeing is really two parts. One part is that the flash storage that Tesla uses in these older vehicles is older. If you remember back to when we had spinning hard drives on laptops and we were switching over, if you're real nerdy, you'll remember this, and we were switching over to flash storage, one of the concerns was that that flash storage could only be written to so many times before it was going to fail. Now, with newer technology, that isn't as much of a concern. But with older technology, that was a real concern that people had when switching from spinning hard drives to the flash storage that many computers have now. That brings us to the second part of this issue, which is the vehicle logs. So Tesla is logging everything that the vehicle does. And that makes sense because that's how they know what happens if somebody says they were in reverse, but really they are in drive and they drove into their garage. It's these vehicle logs. But these vehicle logs are being written so often that it's wearing out the chip. Now, initially, when these this flash storage was put in the Teslas, the Teslas didn't do nearly as much as they do now. So now that Teslas, you know, are very capable vehicles, what's happening is it's writing so often to that flash storage that it's it's wearing it out, basically. So Tesla will fix the issue for free if you're under warranty. I don't think that many people are going to be under warranty for this issue, to be honest with you. So if you're not under warranty, you're going to be expected to pay Tesla between $1,800 and $3,000 to get the fix. So what are your other options? Because that's not cheap. You can look up some do-it-yourself solutions online. I would not consider this as an option for myself because if you make a mistake, uh, it could be catastrophic for your car and you're going to own that mistake. And you're also going to own that car that doesn't work or potentially has some other sort of problems with it. The other option is to take it to an unauthorized repair center to have the issue fixed. I'm sure there are plenty of people out there who are capable of fixing this. I would really do your research because if they fail, it could cost you way more than the $3,000 you would have paid Tesla to fix the problem. Like I said before, newer flash storage is much more resilient and shouldn't be as big of an issue, but there's always a potential for failure. Zach Palmer for Autoblog has our next story. Volvo made two announcements this week. First, they want to be carbon neutral by 2040. Second, they showed off their XC40 crossover, the EV version of the XC40. It's got a 78 kilowatt hour battery, 200 mile range, up to 80% charging in 40 minutes, dual electric motors, which means it's all wheel drive, 402 horsepower, 487 pound feet of torque, uh, zero to 62 in 4.9 seconds. It's a very Volvo y looking car. Volvo, I gotta be careful how they say that. It could be a, a female body part. It's a very, it looks like a Volvo. Goodness gracious. Anyway, uh, the interior is nice, but it's nothing to write home about. The outside looks pretty much like every other AKC40 that's out there. Availability will be in 2020. No word on pricing. I went on my local Volvo dealer's website, and I can buy an XC40 for about $38,000. So my guess is the 
recharge XC40 will cost somewhere close to $45,000. So I'm not going to give a range. Somewhere close to $45,000, a little above, a little below there. A nicely equipped version of the XC40, I bet you will be somewhere around $52,000. That doesn't mean top of the line. That just means nicely equipped. Um, and that's it. That is our whole show. I have to apologize a little bit because um, I started this around 3.30, and I'm finishing at 8.15. And in that time, I helped my kids with their homework, cooked dinner, cleaned up dinner, uh, helped put the kids to bed, all of the things that go on at night in a in a family household. And because of that, I've been recording just a little bit here and there when I could. So it feels like, to me anyway, that this episode was very discombobulated and kind of... Um, Manicky. So if it felt that way to you, I apologize. But to be honest, that was the only way I was going to be able to get this show out today because I didn't want it to go one more day without going out. On Friday's show, I'll be recapping Tesla's Q3 2019 earnings call. I'm very excited about this. I love doing earnings call shows. Um, it's a lot of work, but they're my favorite shows to do. So I'm looking forward to that. If you want to follow me on Twitter or just direct message me, my direct message is open. It's at 918digital, and if you want to email me, it's Bodie, B-O-D-I-E, at 918digital.com. Thanks so much for listening, everybody, and I will talk to you on Friday. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.